is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. This is the Steelers Standard, and something we've been doing for the past couple of weeks is the all-time standard, where we look at each position group, say quarterback, and we say, who are the top five quarterbacks in Pittsburgh Steelers history? What is the standard for that position all-time? In Pittsburgh Steelers history, we've worked our way through each position group on a football roster, excluding kickers and punters because they're not really people anyway. Wow, I'm sorry. Now so it gets harsh. now it gets to the big time. Now it's getting to to the top of the top, the creme de la creme, if you will, the all time standard for the Steelers offensively. And on the next episode, we will get into the all time standard for the Steelers defensively. Looking at the offense and starting at the bottom and moving our way up at number five for me. And just so everybody knows how we'll do this, we'll each give our number five, then we'll give our number four, et cetera, et cetera, until we get up to number one. And then if we have time at the end, we'll throw in some honorable mentions as well. But number five for me at the bottom of my list for the all-time standard on Steelers offensive greats, I have Franco Harris, Franco's Mm. Italian Army. All-time leading rusher in Pittsburgh Steelers history, Part of me wanted to put Jerome Bettis in this spot. I really thought, you know, maybe that was personal bias from me growing up and watching the bus play. The first Super Bowl that I saw my Pittsburgh Steelers win was for Jerome Bettis, even though Jerome Bettis tried his best to give that away in the Indianapolis game. Thank you, Ben Roethlisberger, for saving (laughs) that. But that was the first Super Bowl I've ever seen, the one that they won for the bus in his hometown of Detroit. So I think that was just a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of bias that had me put him there. And I had him at number five when I made my list earlier this morning. But as I looked at the all-time leading rushing records, more touchdowns by Franco, four-time Super Bowl champion, I I had to put my bias aside. I got to go with Franco Harris at number five. He might be higher on some of your lists, but no question he's the best running back, I think, in Steelers history. And and I think he's definitely deserving of a top five spot in the all-time standard Steelers offense. He was number six. For me. Right outside. Uh, right outside. Right outside. Um, uh, I, I definitely get what you're saying, and you weren't here when we did our running backs uh, episode. I, Franco was my number two. I think that tells you was who the I, bus number one. No. No. Lev was number one. Ooh. I know. Tom, I know. See, Lev would Kellen be like, upset a lot of people. Lev would be number three for me if I was here for the running back list, for sure. Le'Veon was number was, three for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. And that's just based on... Just watching him for four years was just yeah. some of the most magical stuff you've ever seen. It in the was, position. and I mean, he was one of the best. He was probably the best running back. He's not number five all time, no, though. No, 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 no. 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 Um, I have, I have, uh, I have Terry Bradshaw at number five. Very nice. Um, I mean, when you look at him, I mean, he's in, in my opinion the second best quarterback in Steelers history. Right. But at the same time, you look at all the Super Bowl rings that he has, all the records that he's amassed, and all that. You know, the, the dynasty. You know, he was at the center of the Steelers dynasty in the seventies. Um, he, without question, is is on the list. He's not, in my opinion, the best quarterback in Steelers history, but without a doubt, I, I don't think you could write the history of the Steelers without Terry Bradshaw. Oh, no you question. just can't. No question. There's no question about that. He's so important to the team, even though he really wasn't the uh, identity of the 70s teams. You know, It wasn't like the Patriots dynasties where the identity is number 12, right. Tom Brady. The Steelers were identified by that steel curtain defense, but Terry Bradshaw was kind of the original Brady. 
the original he was. Of Montana. He was like he, he was. Before, the, I mean, yeah, there, Montana, was, there was no Brady, Montana. There was no Brady. He was, was the one who Harry. racked up Super Bowl ranks yeah. and was the the quote unquote winner at the quarterback. First position. guy to win three Super yeah. Bowls. First guy to win four Super Bowls. Two it was, Super Bowl MVPs. Right. Yeah. He was not the face, but he just cer- goes. He certainly was that. You know, because uh, he wasn't the most skilled player. Right. I mean, he had a cannon for an arm. But it was that, you know, you identify Montana as a winner. You yeah. identify Brady as a winner. He was really the first that was identified mm-hmm. as a pure just winner. I uh I I love Terry Bradshaw, but and he didn't make my list. He mm. made he made my honorable mentions. So I, I we we did our offensive, you know, quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers are all time standards, those top five. I'm disregarding what I said. I'm just gonna go based on of a, a different a different scale here. So for my number five, I have Lynn Swan. Mm. I think Lynn Swan was as acrobatic as, as talented as a wide receiver could get in an era of which the passing game was really not utilized by a lot of teams. And you have Lynn Swan who was just had this ability to go up and catch the ball, no matter where the ball was, no matter his position uh, in relation to where the ball was. And to get that Super Bowl MVP, I think it's so hard to do. I think it's the hardest. Out of wide receivers. That's what I'm trying to say. You see running backs do it. You see quarterbacks do it. You see, you know, some defensive players do it every now and again. But the wide receiver position is so hard. I mean, there have been – I don't even know if there's ever been – I don't think there's ever been a wide receiver to ever win league MVP for the regular season. Mm, I think Antonio Brown was making the case when he was here I think Julio Jones had a year too where he was making the case. Right when he Maybe had that the year Matt Ryan yard, won the MVP. When th- he had that 300 yard game, I do remember that. But I don't think there's ever been a wide receiver that to ever, ever took it. No, that ever actually won it. And so for Lin Swan to win an MVP when in an era when it was all about defense and running the football, just goes to show how talented he was. And we saw that through the highlights. But still, I I I grew up with my grandparents and my uncles and my dad telling me all about just. Besides the Super Bowl performances that he had, the memorable performances, it was just he was Mr. Reliable for Terry. And of course, you line up against or you line up opposite John Stallworth, who also made my honorable mentions. But Lin Swan is just the guy it is just really so talented when it came to that position in an era of which it was so hard to do. So I have to give him so much credit for that. I have him at my number five. Very nice segue into number four because I have Lynn Swan at number okay. four on my list for all-time standard Steelers offense. Um, a lot of the things you said really resonate with the reason why I picked him. You really can't just go based off of stats here because if you do, he's the sixth yeah. leading receiver yeah. in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Guys like Louis Lips, Heath Miller, not even a receiver. <laughs> John Stallworth, A.B., and Heinz Ward is at the top of that list, are ahead of him. But you got to take into account the era that he played in. Yep. It was certainly more of a run-heavy kind of offense that Pittsburgh implemented back then. I mean, Franco Harris was the focal point of that Steelers offense. It really flowed through him and his ability to run the ball well, as did a lot of successful teams back in those days. So you can't really take into account the numbers completely. And, and Jacob, the thing that you said about how you hear what your parents say, your grandparents say, you hear what people like Stan, like Madden, people who have been around and saw him play and covered the team back then – it's it's word of mouth that really yeah. keeps Lynn Swan's legacy the way it, way it should mm-hmm. be because if you know a millennial or, or a kid younger than us whatever that generation's called Gen Z looks at just box scores they're gonna say well Heinz he, he was the best factor, Antonio yeah. Brown's the best yeah. it's gonna be those guys because they put up they're the only guys that have gone over the ten thousand yard mark for Pittsburgh Steelers history as far as a receiver's concerned but 
if you listen to the history, if you watch some old, old grainy YouTube video highlights, if you just, you know, like I said, listen to the people that were there and saw him play, they will tell you just how great Lynn Swan yeah. was. And that's why I think his legacy is so much more than just the stats that he put up on the field. It is. And um, he made my list, but not at four. Do you want me to say where he's at? Three, two? He's three. Three. Okay, yeah. Right um, there. Just because, of, like you said, the um, the – I mean, you can't just look at stats when it comes to him. And, I mean, you look at some of his highlight reels, like the catches that he was – he was so graceful. Like, I mean, Swan is the perfect last name for him. You know, it, it's a beautiful right. – Grace. It, that's yeah. what he did. That's what he was able to do. Some of the um, catches he was able to make, and really they were kind of a, ahead of their time. You know what I mean? Like those are catches you see, you know, in the NFL now. You know, and, and, mm -hmm. and it was just – he was just a different animal – um, you know, and again, John Stallworth didn't make my list. He was probably seven or six right in there. Um, and a lot of people think that Stallworth is the best receiver in Steelers history, but in, I, I couldn't disagree with you. Um, but I, I do think that, that Lynn Swan, um, you know, definitely deserves to be on this list. And, um, again, it's about more than stats with him, but, um, for number four, um, I have Heinz Ward at number four mm. Mm. and Love that. it's weird because he was, uh, my third receiver on the list, like he was number three for me, um, in the best wide receivers in, in Steelers. Am history. I wrong though? Like when you list the best receivers, it's different than when you list the best offense. I feel like more so when you do like best offensive player, when you really widen it, yeah. you can really dig down deep into not just the stats, not just the on-field impact, the impact. Yeah, he yeah. Had as a Steelers. And he definitely that's, had that. That's what I'd say. More than AB did. That's what sure. I said at the beginning of the episode. I, I made my list for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, just because I had some guys higher on those lists doesn't mean they're going to be. High still higher than the same guys on this list. Uh, but w when you talk about Hines, like you said, like the impact he had, he completely changed the way wide receiver was played uh, from a blocking standpoint, mm -hmm. um, you know, from a, a toughness, a physical standpoint, Hines word was about as physical and as tough as they come. Um, you know, in, in, I, I know that the end of his career isn't what he wanted. I mean, he limped to a thousand catches, which it's still a milestone. Don't get me wrong. Like it, it's still impressive. Don't get me wrong. But, you know what I mean, he limped there, and I think that the, the pass that he caught to get there was, I think it was like a three-yard yeah, loss nothing. or something like that. Um, you know, the end of his career wasn't the way you wanted it to go, but without question, he impacted the Steelers um, in the offense in, in general. Again, mm -hmm. you know, I made the point when I talked about Terry Bradshaw, you can't write the history. Can you really write the history of the Steelers without mentioning Heinz Ward? I, I think don't so. think you can. Um, and, and again, you know, Super Bowl MVP to his credit, too. I don't believe he'll ever be a Hall of Famer, but uh, he has he's had an, an insane career. Um, and, you know, to be number four on, on my list, um, you know, I, that should probably tell you that you're a Hall of Famer, but I don't know if he's ever going to get there. Well, it, it just really grinds my gears to steal a phrase from Peter Griffin that Julian Edelman seems to Ugh. always get his little moment in the he Ugh. should be in the Hall of Fame right. son, but Heinz Ward doesn't. Heinz Ward blows Julian Edelman Absolutely. out of the water. Out of the I water. Mean, if if – if you go back to the beginning stages of Edelman's career when he was playing on special teams or sometimes on defense, if Heinz Ward is lining up against Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman's going right into the ground. If Heinz Ward can level Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, Julian Edelman doesn't stand a chance. And I'm not obviously talking about just Julian Edelman's ability on defense. I'm just saying he'll, he'll throw him to the ground if they lined up against each other, but still... There's no way you can make the argument to me that Julian Edelman's better than Heinz Ward. Julian Edelman never never made a Pro Bowl. Never, not once. So, 
the, the, the buck stops there. It. I mean, there's no conversation. Not to mention the yardage is just mm-hmm. yeah. overwhelmingly in favor of Heinz Ward. So he had Heinz Ward sitting at his number four. My number four, I went with your number five. I had Franco, Franco Harris, Harris at, nine, at number my four. number four. Franco's, because I mean, it makes sense. As much as I love to, to say that you have to show Lynn Swan respect for his ability to be a, a receiver in such a run-heavy era, you gotta. You can't just say that and then not give credit to the running back in that run heavy era, and that's Franco Harris, the the recipient of the most iconic catch, maybe the most iconic play in NFL history, and the immaculate reception, and just such a ground and pound type of guy, just really truly embodied what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Steelers on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, this the identity came on on the defense. But really, I mean, Franco was such a such a punishing running back that you have to say you 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 can't regardless of era, regardless of stats, you still have to give him the credit and say you are one of the greatest of all time at your position, not just in Steelers history, but I think in NFL history, Franco should be remembered as one of the greatest running backs. He's not because his stats weren't as great, but I still think he is. And for that reason, if you're if you're what the team is meant to be embodied by and you were in the era of which it was embodied the most in terms of toughness in terms of grit i have to give you my number four spot i have the blonde bomber at number three mm. in my list okay kellen had him at number five jacob had him just off of his list right I'm not yeah, 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 yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. just making sure he didn't sneak up here in the top two or one but Terry Bradshaw, like we said when Kellen picked him at number five, the guy was really the first person to be labeled as a pure winner at the quarterback position. I know he only had a 50% completion percentage in his career. Um, 212 touchdowns, 27,000 yards. Those can be misleading because it really wasn't that much of a passing era. But Terry Bradshaw won an NFL MVP award for the regular season on top of winning two Super Bowl MVPs. He's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. And again, just the fact that he was really that first guy to be labeled as a winner. I know there were guys in front of him that had, quote-unquote, that winning kind of DNA. You know, you talk about Joe Namath making the guarantee, that guy, another guy who only completed about 50% of his passes. But like Jacob said, Bradshaw, the first person to win three Super Bowls, uh, that's something that and for obviously will never be broken because no. you can't go into the past and break a record from like that. So it's the st- he was the trailblazer for the guys like the Montanas, the guys like the Brady's, the guys that win multiple rings. Uh, still with four rings to his credit, it's still such an incredible accomplishment. The second most rings that a quarterback has of all time, only being passed by that freak of nature mm-hmm. in New England, Tom yeah. Brady. But it, it's still just such a great accomplishment. Uh, I know Ben definitely at the start of his career looked like he could track him down and chase that record. Yeah. That's not going to happen anymore, and I would probably bet that there won't be another quarterback in Steelers history who wins four Super Bowls like Terry Bradshaw did. So he certainly deserves his credit as a, a Pittsburgh Steelers great, and even though he might have been passed at his position group, he, he certainly will live forever as one of the mm-hmm. top five as far as my mind is concerned as far as the standard when the Steelers offense is concerned. Yeah, and, and I've already went over my number three because you guys had him earlier was was Lynn Swan. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more about Bradshaw. That's exactly what I said, too. 
Um, I guess because I already gave my number three, we'll move on to Jacob, right? Your yeah, I got a I got a new name here, a, a name we have not heard yet. I got Jerome Bettis in number three. Wow, that's a little shocking to me. So you, you had Franco four, Jerome three. Yeah, but on my all-time running backs, I put Franco one, Jerome two. Okay, but you think Jerome has a little bit more impact? I think Jerome has a little more, not necessarily impact, but just still style of running was just so much more pure. Right, Franco, I think, was very rough and tough. Jerome, you could just hand the ball, and he would just run through everyone. It was, growing up, it was the fir- it was one of the first memories I had as a Steeler fan, was just watching him get the ball and literally run through anyone who tried to take him down. The guy was about as wide as a school bus, and when you're trying to tackle him, if, you're, if, you're, or if he gets into the secondary, I don't care how fast your guys are at, at the cornerback or safety position. There's no way a skinny skinny cornerback or a skinny safety is going to be able to take down the bus because he is a monster. And the lasting image that you always remember is 2005 at the end of the year against Chicago. Brian Urlacher was maybe one of the most feared defenders of that era. And Jerome just runs right over it. In the snow. In the snow. It's, it's it's perfect. It's one of the best pictures in Steelers it's history. It's perfect. There is nothing I can say about that moment. That you'll see it in the Steelers perfect. facility if you go down there hanging you'll up. You'll see the it wall. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you'll you there we all know Steeler Nation travels wide and far. There are Steelers bars across the country, across the globe. And in every one of those bars, it is it should not shock you if you walk in and the one poster that they might have is of Jerome Bettis running over Brian Urlacher. It's just so much fun to watch. Just so dominant in his style of running. I mean, we, we, you want to talk about changing the game. I know there were a lot of guys who did it before him, but really in an era of which the running back position was really built on speed, not so much toughness. He kind of brought that back in the early 2000s. Just so incredible. Just incredible to watch. And you can't blame Coach Cower for giving Jerome the ball on the goal line against Indianapolis to ice the game. Just a very, very unfortunate fumble by Jerome there. But still, who's not going to make that play? I mean, if if Jerome Bettis is on the Seattle Seahawks in 2014, Pete Carroll opted not to give Marshawn Lynch the ball, and everyone's saying it's the dumbest call or the dumbest no call to make as a coach. If it were Jerome Bettis in that backfield and Pete Carroll didn't give Jerome Bettis the ball in that situation, Pete Carroll would have been fired the next day because it, it would be egregious not to give a guy like Jerome Bettis the ball, even – if Marshawn Lynch is as good as he is at breaking through tackles, Jerome Bettis was was better in my opinion. He was just so much bigger, and, and you just could not you could not just have one guy bring him down. I think it's funny though. Yeah, he's an all time Steeler great, and he certainly deserves a spot on your list. Or if anybody wanted to put them on their all time top five for the Steelers on offense, uh, just off of my list on the honorable mention. But it is worth noting how close he was to being a pariah. I mean, if Ben mm-hmm. doesn't make that shoestring tackle and yeah. the Colts take that to the house and win the game, all of a sudden you're talking about Pittsburgh Steelers' Bill Buckner there. I mean, that's oh, there's yeah. no question about Absolutely. it. That's what he would be viewed as. I know Buckner did his in the World Series, and this wasn't the it's Super Bowl. a little Bowl, different, but yeah. But it would still – that, was, he, the, that the would be what would be related. Right. Like when Steelers fans brought up Jerome Bettis – that would the conversation would without question 100% of the time devolve into yeah but that fumble against Indianapolis really hurt him but Ben Roethlisberger saved his legacy right what are we talking about that's just a hypothetical reality is won the Super Bowl it didn't happen 
Another point about uh, Jerome Bettis is, although he's second all-time in Pittsburgh Steelers history as far as rushing yards are concerned to Franco he's Harris. He's also, what, top seven but all-time? He's got more yards overall than Franco Harris. He's number eight overall in the NFL's history in mm. rushing yards. Yeah. More than Franco Harris ran for. Obviously, Bettis ran a couple of years with the Rams out in L.A. before coming to Pittsburgh. So worth noting that although Franco is the leader in Steelers history, Jerome Bettis, you could make the argument, had a more successful career overall as a running back. So I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of points that favor Bettis definitely cracking a top five in this in this category. Yeah, I mean, he was probably like eight or nine for me. Yeah, definitely he's on my an honorable mention. Yeah, definitely an honorable mention. Um, where are we at? The two, or this you're is three. I already went. You already went three. Jacob went three. You're at three. Sorry. And I did with Terry. So we are moving on to two. If you have nothing else to say about the bus. If nothing else to say about the No, there's not much else. I mean, I think you guys covered it really well. I mean, um, you know, you mentioned how close he was to being a pariah. I think that almost, that almost makes it like a a better story. You know what I mean? Like it almost adds to the lore of, of the bus and the fact that he won the Super Bowl in his last year and that sort of thing. I think that adds to it. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's much else to say. Do you want me to go to two, or do you want? I'll to? start at two. Right. I finally gave love to the big boys up front at number two on my list. I got Webby. Wow. At number two, Mike Webster, wow. the second best. I mean, he's on my honorable mentions for Pittsburgh sure. Steelers history. But good for you, Tom, for doing that. That's oh. that's that's a that's a real shout out to Webby. I don't think it was really that hard to do. No, honestly, really. he's a Hall of Famer. He's the best lineman in Steelers history. Nine Pro Bowls, five All Pro awards, four time champion of the Super Bowl. He made the 1970s All-Decade team, uh, and then he decided, you know what, that's not good enough. I'm going to make the 1980s All-Decade team as <laughs> pretty well. Im- pretty impressive. He's made the All-Decade team for two straight decades in his career. Iron Mike, Mike Webster, the starting center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe the best center in the history of the Probably game is. of football. So when you have the best of the best in not just your team or a certain position group on your team, but in the entire NFL – that definitely deserves a spot on my top five for the all-time standard on offense. And I don't think it's that egregious to have him listed at number two, the second best player ever no. in the team's history on offense. I know that he played around some guys that were damn good, like snapping the ball to Terry Bradshaw and whatnot. But just the impact that Webster had, his status as far as the rest of the league is concerned in the history of the NFL, I got to give Webby his due tip my cap to him and again i don't i don't want it to be all skill position players on this list for mm-hmm. me because That's the line is very important part of, of, of the team and and mike webster was the driving force for those teams in the 70s and then in the 80s when they stopped winning their super bowls he was still there i'm glad that somebody did it because i didn't do it you I know what i mean like i have all skill guys and that's not you know that's not a, a slight i mean as i said there's without question uh, webster's the best Lineman in Steelers history. I, I mean, maybe in in football history, it's very possible. Um, so I completely agree, and I completely understand why you did what you did. Um, obviously, you know the 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 skill guys um, they get kind of the shine and they get more of the the limelight. But I, I you know I tip my cap to you, Tom, for doing that. Um, this is not going to be popular. Oh, Colin, I got the same guy, number two. Do you? I already know who you're going to say. A B. Yeah, I got A B number what? two. I got A B number Look, two as dude, well. Dude, I'm taking everything that, that is nuts. No, it's not. I, I'm you got to consider the stats. He's on my so honorable mention. I'm taking everything that he did off the field out because that's not what this is about. I just said Mike Webster, and then you two brought up AB. Yeah. <laughs> you sons of bitches. Um, but look, dude, I mean, none of these, I mean, even when you look at Lynn Swan, when you look at Hines, when you look at Stallworth, 
maybe you could make the case for Stallworth. And, and you know, it's funny, Stan asked this question yesterday, who's the best receiver in Steelers history? Um, you know, and, and a lot of the older crowd was saying it was Stallworth or Swan, and, and, you know, they just discredit Antonio Brown. None of those guys were the best wide receiver at their position for five straight years, and, and it wasn't close. And for, not even just the best, but that good, I that mean, he much was, better than everyone he else. He was better than everybody else, and I know it's not popular, and, and I understand that, but when you take away everything else that happened off the field and you're just looking purely from a football perspective, the dude's unbelievable. I mean, he's literally the best, maybe other than Calvin Johnson, and we didn't see Calvin Johnson for very long. He's probably the best wide receiver I've ever seen play the game. It may he may have been better than Calvin Johnson at Calvin Johnson. Yeah, and, and I mean on, because we were talking about how hard it is for wide receivers to win the MVP. Calvin Johnson was never thrown into that conversation. It was just Julio and it was just AB. Yeah, I mean it, it's very possible that um, you know you know at the height they're they're similar, and I understand why people don't like him, but I mean he's. In my opinion, he's one of the best Steelers offensive players ever. I know we only saw it for what a seven-year stretch or a six-year stretch or something. Seven years, something stretch. like that. But still, but to be in, that good in those seven years, he was the best receiver in football for at least four or five of them. I would say maybe from 2012 to 2017, because 2018 is when he kind of took a slight step back. But 2012 to 2017 was as dominant as domination gets. And I don't know if anybody else on the list, even honorable mentions, was the best player at their position for no, that long. No. Mike even Webster even was. Webster was. That's like, fine. And not that's on my fair. list. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. Skill guys. We just went, Webby was, we, guys. Okay, that's fair. But in terms of skill positions, no, quarterbacks. Was, they never had that in Steelers. Not, not, even, not even were they the best at their position for one year. For Multiple as long years, yeah. as A.B. was. And we were all sitting here saying a couple years ago, if right right before the, the off-the-field dramatics happened, if he had just kept playing with the Steelers and just and just kept that marriage with Ben going, that, that symbiotic thing that they had going for years, for at least three or four more years, there's no question we'd be sitting here today saying, if that had happened, we'd be saying, oh, he's the number one offensive player in Steelers history. He may be the number one receiver ever, and he may be one of the greatest just players ever. And real quick, I, I know uh, we want to move on here, but the thing I'll make about AB2 is, you know, he was away for football, and really, I mean, he only played one game he's still so two, good. two years yeah. ago. Don't forget, like, he caught a touchdown in the Super he's Bowl. He's still so good. He's probably still a top 25 wide receiver in it's the league. It's just the fact that he's on the the most loaded yeah. team He's going to overtake. I guarantee you he overtakes at least Godwin he, this he's year. He's going to blow up this yeah. year. And I mean that from a football perspective, not a yeah. mental perspective. Evans might still have him, but I guarantee you he passes I Godwin. think he, I think he's better than both. I think it's he just is, the fact too, that they, they, those are the guys one. who are yeah. one and two on the roster already yeah. for now he's going to I blow think up he's gonna mm -hmm. definitely and jump it's up gonna there. really anger people too because of all the off the field stuff and i get that but he's still one of the it's top gonna anger people too because then godwin's gonna be their third receiver right, that team right, is right. too good yeah. yeah number one on my list i think it's i think it's it's obvious right i think we all have board. yeah i hope so number yeah. seven yeah. number seven yeah. big ben roethlisberger is the best player in steelers history as far as the offense is concerned I know he only has the two Super Bowl rings to Terry's four, but he went to three Super Bowls. Yep. Terry went to four, so he only went to one less Super Bowl than Terry Bradshaw did. And then it's just the numbers that just get that blow Terry out of the water. Not necessarily all Terry's fault. The era that Terry played in didn't really warrant him passing the ball like Ben does. But Ben Roethlisberger, youngest quarterback when he won the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl trophy, uh, I think that was broken by Russell Wilson, I want to say. 
was the one. I don't know if it was ever. I don't know if snapping that. Yeah, I, don't I know. believe it was. But by still, Wilson. the youngest ever won two. That's for sure. And just the fact that he had so much success early in his career, and then was able to. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl trophy uh, past the 2008-2009 campaign, but the fact that he was in the league winning the Super Bowl as a second-year player, those expectations are unbelievable, and he has met, if not passed, and exceeded every single one of those expectations. When you win a Super Bowl your second year, you're going to the Hall of Fame in a lot of people's minds. Look at how they're reacting to Mahomes right now, and I know Mahomes is a lot better than Ben Roethlisberger was because Mahomes is maybe the best to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, long but, way to go, but yeah. But that's exactly my point, though. Mahomes wins his Super Bowl his second year, and it's already the Hall of Fame for him. That's the expectation. Right. Same thing was true with Ben back in 2005. You know, the expectation was, okay, now the Steelers have a guy for the next 10, 15 years that's going to be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and you don't automatically – realize that potential i know that they didn't win the super bowl but look at the jets with mark sanchez that guy went to the afc championship game back-to-back seasons i mean there was a ton of expectations jets finally found their quarterback rex ryan got a tattoo of him on his ankle i mean things were looking up and then he just had the bottom flop from that can happen with ben he exceeded if not passed every expectation people had set Steelers records for passing yards, mm. Steelers records for touchdowns. He's in the top 10 in the league history in both of those categories and with room to climb up those lists as well mm. as he continues to play. Like I said, the two Super Bowl trophies going to the Hall of Fame, no question. It is funny he never won an MVP, and Terry right. Bradshaw did. But different s- eras. But still different era. And Terry Bradshaw didn't have – Terry Bradshaw was the Tom Brady right. of his era. He yeah, didn't have right. to deal with a Tom with Brady a Tom. or a Peyton not, Manning. Not, just, not just a Tom Brady, the Tom Brady. Peyton Manning is also there, yeah. too, for Ben's yeah, run. So that's course. a tough guy to have to go up against as well. Real There's quick a, before we keep talking about Ben, that record still stands. It is still Ben as the youngest, the youngest quarterback, quarterback ever. to ever win. He's the number one player in Steelers history as far as the offense is concerned. Yeah, I don't think there's a question, and and I know that as you said, you know Bradshaw has more rings, but right. I put Bradshaw on my all-time standard number one, Ben number two. But when you're talking about just offense, I gotta go Ben. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, he's the the he's the guy that has made it. Um, you know, he was, and I think the one thing that's important about it too is you got to think about how long. Uh, the gap was, of, uh, I don't want to say of good quarterback play, but of great quarterback play, of mm-hmm. Hall of Fame level uh, quarterback Bobby play. Bobby to Neil. I mean, Neil Donald right. was okay. But and, and Cordell Stewart was, was okay. before his time. He was, but he was, you know, it just they weren't the league. They were average ready for right. quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were average quarterbacks at that point in time. You're so right about Cordell and, and, though, too. If he in, was ten years later, Cordell yeah. maybe blows up. Yeah, he's Michael Vick. I mean, right, he very well might be. I mean, Michael Cam Vick. Newton is, doesn't hold a candle to Cordell Stewart. I think no, uh, but I mean, but it's just the era, so Cam Newton right. is yeah. going to be recognized more. Yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, my point is, is that it took so long for the Steelers to get back mm-hmm. to that. And when Ben came in, as you said, to almost instantly, you knew. Okay, we have something special. I mean, he won 15 straight right, games, right. for God's sake. Almost immediately, you were that like, okay. That doesn't happen. Cam Newton took four years to do that, and he, and he lost the Super Bowl, and he never went back. Yeah. A lot of weird shots being taken at Cam Newton from you during well, this Well, that's just, that's just circumstance. But I, I, I also want to say about, I also say about Terry, Terry versus Ben. You put Ben Roethlisberger in the 70s, I think no question Ben can win four Super Bowls with that team. I think a if lot you of people put, could, yeah. If you put Terry on the 2000s team, Maybe he wins two. I I don't know if I'm I'll say this. Maybe he wins 2005. That team was more driven by defense yeah, and running. Yeah, that's but true. Ben, I, although Ben had a great playoff in 2005, Super Bowl one of the, the worst of all yeah, time. Yeah, the worst of all time. But by winning quarterback. 08-09, Ben Roethlisberger was a stud yeah. in the play in the 
You don't win the Super Bowl without no. him that year. No. That drive, I that know Heinz Ward is, is the MVP. Yeah. But, no, San Antonio. Or excuse me, San Antonio is Heinz Ward, the MVP of 05. San Antonio was the MVP, but Ben was the MVP. Uh, ben was the reason sure. why they won that game. For that sure. drive was incredible. Quickly, just a couple honorable mentions. I know some of them made your list that I had. Antonio Brown, Franco Harris, John Stallworth, Alan Fanica, Marquise Pouncey. Heath Miller. Demonte Dawson. Heath Miller's on mine as well. Le'Veon Bell and Heinz Le'Veon Ward. Bell, yeah. Those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, I think right we all have the same names over Rocky Blyer, maybe. Rocky Blyer's a really good yeah. honorable mention. Yeah. Especially because of the impact he had right. on and off the field. Right. Of course. But we're going it's on a damn war we're going here. on. Yeah, we're going on the field here. And I, I said in our all time episode of running backs, he was that good and he was the number two guy. Well, we're not done with the all time standard just yet today. We're gonna flip things over to the defensive side of the ball. And this is where, you know, we mentioned with A.B., really the only one that the Steelers boasted as the best at their position. Yeah, that's in not the true here. Entire league. You could maybe make the case for everybody in the top five, at least on my all-time standard for defense, that at one point they were at the very top of their position in the entire NFL. So we'll get to the all-time standard defensively in the next episode. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Offerman. Thanks, as always, for listening to us here on the Steelers Standard, and we will talk to you next time.